Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. We're watching the trailer of a man called Otto, and you can see he's a well-dressed man who likes rules and principles, but he lives in a community, and he is a man in pain. He's lost his wife. He doesn't really want to live, but because he lives in this community, and you can see here, he's being addressed by his neighbors. He's meeting them, and they basically sarcastically say his words are like warm cuddles, which is quite funny. A cat comes into his life. All of this is working to help him deal with the pain of losing his wife and being a healed person. He's got a heart. He's teaching his neighbor to drive in this clip. It's quite funny. But little does he realize as he's grieving over his lost family that he is gaining a new family. It's beautiful. It's funny. It's a man called Otto. Well, I am so honored to get this moment with you. And it means even more than I will have time to say, but I just want to say I really honor my pastors. Uh, you have pastors not sitting together. Uh-oh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Pastor Matt and Pastor Shar, I just want to honor you and thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, it's just wonderful for me. Well, you just saw a few moments ago the trailer to A Man Called Otto. How many in this room have seen A Man Called Otto? Okay, there's a few of you who haven't. Uh, and that's okay, because I'm going to give you some good description, and I think it'll send you home wanting to watch it. Well, the trailer of A Man Called Otto gives us an introduction to a man who has strong personality traits and boundaries, and a man who has lost love, and a man who lives in community, whether he likes it or not. Otto is a man we can all relate to in some way, because we all have unique personalities. Uh, We all have boundaries or comfort zones. Maybe you sat in your favorite chair today. Um, We all have experienced loss on some level. And we all live in community, whether we like it or not. But hopefully you like it because you came here today. Well, here's my first point. We shape our community, and our community shapes us, because this is God's heart for us. Yeah, he didn't create us for isolation, and that's all I'll say about that. He didn't. Uh, Psalm 133, verses 1 and 3, says this in the message paraphrase. I really like how uh, Eugene Peterson puts it this way in his paraphrase. How wonderful, how beautiful, when brothers and sisters get along. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing, ordains eternal life. And you know that's not easy, right? You know that's not easy, but this is God's heart. When Jesus was coming close to laying down his life on the cross for us, one of his final recorded prayers in John 17, 21 reveals his heart for us. You know, I think just I think about all the things Jesus could have prayed near the end of his life on earth. And he prays this, I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. Of course, he's talking to his heavenly Father. And may they also be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. 
The Apostle Paul encourages believers with these instructions. Always be humble and gentle. Always. Be patient with each other. And I love this. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. We all have faults. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, in spirit, binding yourselves together uh, with peace. Powerful admonition from the Apostle Paul. Now, Otto is an engineer. Otto likes perfect lines, <laughs> rules, and regulations. I worked with a guy once who was kind of like that, and I realized that rules were not a burden for him. They were like achievable goals. I could do that. I can stay in those lines. I can be there on time. You know, he was that kind of guy that uh, was like a hero about rules and regulations. And Otto is like that person. And he enforces these rules and regulations in his neighborhood. I don't know if you live in Estrada, but you might have a person like that, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, or maybe you are a person like that, and I'm not putting you down. We need you. Um, there are people in Otto's world who don't think about the rules. Maybe you're one of those people. Or even care about the rules. Some people are relaxed or chill. Maybe you're one of those relaxed or chill kind of person. And they often care more about people than rules, which is beautiful. Now, this is Otto's community. And honestly, this is our community. We have those people probably in this room, and we certainly have them in Chilliwack and in our lives. Now, the people who are driven perfectionists have trouble relating to the more easygoing types. And the more relaxed people are either irritated, motivated, or entertained by those of us who buzz around like bees. <coughs> How many of you like watching fitness videos, but you don't do it? <laughs> Look at that guy. That guy's amazing. He's amazing, yeah. So our world needs people who can run companies, right, Sam? But it also needs people who can take an afternoon to spend time with a person who's lonely. And that's probably not the driven person. Or if it is, it's a work in, you know, in them. The Lord wants us to be people of grace. And oftentimes, he will send people into our lives to teach us about grace and interrupt us with his love. So in the second clip, we're seeing Tommy and Marisol, who are Otto's new neighbors or soon to be new neighbors, backing up their vehicle with a U-Haul attached to it. It's not going very well. Marisol is trying to help her husband uh, park this vehicle. Otto across the way gets interrupted. Now, this is a good thing because Otto doesn't really want to live. He doesn't love life. And he gets interrupted in the middle of um, considering ending his life. So he comes running out of the house with a suit and a tie on, which he often wore, well-dressed man. And he wonders, what are they doing? And why are they parking here? Because not just anybody can park here. He's very... Um, persnickety about people just coming into his neighborhood. And so Tommy uh, shows him that he has a permit to park here. And Marisol says, hey, we're renting here. We're going to be your neighbors. And so he realizes, okay, well, you just can't drive this way. And he's talking to Tommy about how he's driving, about how he's not really parallel parking. And Tommy says, well, I was trying, but 
didn't go so well. And Tommy gets back in the vehicle, Marisol and Otto back up. They are trying to help Tommy, trying to be encouraging. But you know, Tommy isn't the greatest driver. He's not even the sharpest tool in the drawer. He's not the brightest star in the sky. He's a good man, a warm-hearted guy. But, you know, he lacks some skills in this area. And then all of a sudden, he almost hits the building. And Otto says, stop, stop, get out of the vehicle. (laughs) So he basically pulls Tommy out of his vehicle. And Otto gets in this vehicle. Well, Otto doesn't know where the keys are. And then Tommy says, "Ah, it's a push start, which shows Otto's age. And that Otto is not that familiar with modern technology. However... Otto is now going to back this vehicle up the right way because Otto's not looking to show him with pride that he's better than Tommy. He simply wants things done right. But then when he turns around to shoulder check, he notices two sweet little girls in the back seat, and that's where he meets Abby and Luna. And a sweetness that he's not used to enters in his life, and he is arrested by the fact that you know he's been using unfiltered language. <laughs> and uh, so after meeting them and introducing himself, he backs up. I love those cute little girls. Aren't they just the sweetest thing? And you know, it's interesting how they bring a sweetness into Otto's life that he wasn't expecting, using maybe some language he wouldn't use in front of children. Right, adults? Well, I want you to know up front that in choosing my clips today and my words, I'm making sure to not give away too much of the movie uh, because I want you to watch it. It is not only a funny and endearing movie that speaks to living in community, but it also speaks about living in pain. See, Otto is a man who has lost so much, and I will mention that later on. Uh, He doesn't want to live anymore. However, we know that God wants him to live because Jesus said this in John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. My purpose, Jesus says, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, what you don't see in this, and I'm going to be careful about how I talk about this, but what you don't see in this last clip is that Otto is attempting to end his life. In that moment, he gets interrupted (laughs) by the arrival of his new neighbors, Tommy, Marisol, Luna, and Abby. Now, some people will watch this movie and see how it appears that the universe is conspiring together to help Otto live. But I see these moments, because there's a number of them in the movie, I see these moments as God trying to get someone to stop and realize the value of their life. Now, what Otto doesn't realize is that he is actually being interrupted by love. God's love. And yet, when people who are different than us, people who focus on different things in life, and who stretch us in our lives, when they arrive, do we immediately see the opportunity to experience God's love in a deeper and more profound way than ever before? Do we see that? It takes a mature person, maybe a seasoned, uh, mature Christian to see that. Um, even though this scene where Otto parks the car and trailer for Tommy is funny for us to watch, it may not be so funny to live. We want to go about living our lives 
doing what we think is loving and kind and enjoyable, and we want to avoid those moments with people that are uncomfortable. Now, here's my second point. Being stretched is not comfortable. I remember... (laughs) I'm laughing at my own story, but here we go. I remember going to work at a kid's camp as a counselor for the first time. I didn't even like kids, but I needed the money... (laughs) And strangely, I felt that the door, the Lord had opened this door for me. I don't think I was really associating the camp and kids and the money all together in one thought. Uh, but the kids were all over the place. They were crawling on me, jumping on my back, grabbing my head, and grabbing my heart. For the first week, I ran on James Ponak Adrenaline. Have you ever run on that? And for the next month of kids' camp, all I had left was the grace of God holding me up. I remember the whole team in our room where the staff would get together and pray and talk about the week to come. We were like, okay, four weeks to go. (laughs) But, uh, you know, God brought me into a place where he was going to give me a love for the ones that matter most to him. So I love kids now. Have you experienced this in your life? Your heart being expanded to love? I know that we all like to believe that God will prosper us with financial blessing. And that's not a bad thing. And fill our bank account and our lives with blessing. Doesn't that just sound like the best prayer ever? But the same God who is not short on cash is not short on love. How many of us have prayed, Lord, Prosper me in love so that my heart will be filled with the love you have for the people I could easily walk away from. Man. The story of Otto soon becomes the story of Otto, Marisol, Tommy, Luna, and Abby, as well as Otto's other weird neighbors. This reminds me of the story of Ruth and Naomi in the Bible. Now, you may have heard about Ruth and Naomi's mission. It's only a few blocks from here. And this is where they got their name from the book of Ruth. Naomi was a woman who suffered great loss. Her husband died, and then her two sons die. And all she has left is her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. Not Oprah, Orpah. (laughs) Naomi decides to leave the foreign land they live in, because she's really got nothing there now, and return to her people. She tells her two daughters-in-law to return to their people. But as Orpah leaves, Ruth will not. Ruth declares this famous verse to Naomi. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. That's in Ruth chapter 1. Paul wrote this to the Galatian church. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. (laughs) Okay, in this church, we like to encourage you that you're important. But for a moment, we are not so important to put ourselves above helping others, right? Amen. 
It's good to take care of yourself. You know, we have this phrase, self-care. I need some self-care. I need some self-care. You know, it's good to take care of yourself. And it's good to have a plan for your day, your week, your year, and your life. But when God interrupts you with love, respond quickly. The story of the Good Samaritan, you've probably heard that phrase if you haven't heard the story. The, the story of the Good Samaritan is all about being interrupted by love. He's a wealthy businessman on his way to his destination. He's got places to go and people to see. But when he comes across a man who has fallen into the ditch beside the road of life and is laying there beaten, wounded, and in pain, the businessman becomes the good Samaritan. He stops what he is doing, and he takes time to care about someone who had been ignored by others. And we have those people here. We have people in pain around us, and they need our help. Many people are like an animal caught in a trap. When we approach them with a desire to set them free, they snap at us because they're wounded and they fear that letting you come close will only cause them more pain. In this third clip, we see Otto walking with Marisol in their neighborhood, in their community. And Marisol is talking about how she wants to do nice things for Otto, like bake him cookies or make him some food. And he says, yes, I like those cookies you dropped off. They were very good. And then she goes a little deeper and says, hey, maybe I can help you clear out the clothes from your house of his late wife because Otto has her clothes hanging up. And she starts to press some buttons with Otto and he doesn't want to hear anything of it. And as they walk, she doesn't stop. And because she doesn't stop, he turns around and he barks at her and says, just stop talking. And then he walks away from her and he goes to close this gate to their neighborhood because he cares about rules and regulations and he doesn't want people just coming in. Then he turns around and says, there was nothing before Sonia, his late wife. There's nothing after her. She was the only meaning in my life. And Marisol says, well, I mean something. When Ruth and Naomi come into the land of her relatives and friends, they celebrate and they ask, is this Naomi? Because they hadn't seen her in so long. And this is how Naomi responds. Don't call me Naomi. Instead, call me Mara. For the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Even though God had blessed her with a faithful daughter-in-law named Ruth, Naomi renamed herself Mara, which means bitter. Naomi took on a new identity according to her pain. And in the same way, Otto has done the same thing. Otto was a man who lived in pain. He stayed focused on being an engineer and keeping his pain within the design of his own plans. His mother had left their home. His father had died when Otto was only in his early 20s. And because of a heart condition that Otto had, he wasn't able to enter the army. His life had no color. He had nothing. That's when he met Sonia. And she brought color and love 
into his life of lines, rules, and regulations. When Sonia died, all the color left his life. I'm sure some of you can relate to that today. And Otto took on the, the identity of bitterness. My third point is a question for you. Is your identity in the pain of your past or the past pain of Jesus? The prophet Isaiah wrote this hundreds of, year, hundreds of years before the death of Jesus. See, Isaiah was a prophet and he would speak of future things. And he said this about Jesus without ever having met Jesus. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Yeah. Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, and he's saying it to you today. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus bore our pain on the cross, but he no longer has that pain because it was buried with him in death. Jesus was wounded for every time we stepped out of his lines of holiness, but he no longer has wounds. Jesus simply has scars. You can see in this clip that Otto lives with his wounds, but that's why God sent Marisol and her family into his life. Now, the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. You may not be ready to open your wounds to others, but God wants you to be healed so that you can move on to the joy he has set before you. God will send people and situations into your life to confront you with his love. Maybe this is one of those moments right now. God is close to the brokenhearted. Are you? In this final clip, you see Otto go to Marisol's door of her home, and uh, he wants to borrow her phone. And she says, why can't you use your own phone? And he says, it's disconnected. I need to use your phone. And she says, no, no, you can't use my phone. After how he barked at her the other day. And then she says, you won't tell me why your phone's disconnected. You won't tell me why you need to use my phone. And you just want to come in here? And, and she says, you left me out there in the street. I'm concerned for you. I care about you. She starts to cry. And you, he, you can see that Otto does not to deal with such care because he's lived in a world of regulations and rules. And all of a sudden, somebody truly cares for him for the first time, maybe in a long time. And she really doesn't want to let him in and use the phone because she's hurt. So she closes the door on his face. But then she immediately opens it and says, you know what? You think your life is so hard because everybody's an idiot. But you know what? You can't do it on your own. No one can. Not you, not anybody. No one can do it alone. 
Have you ever had a moment where you confronted someone with the truth? <laughs> How did they respond to you? I've had people swear at me, ignore me for a while. Some people are still ignoring me. And one girl told her boyfriend what I said to her about not being obedient to God. And he met me in a dark parking lot. It's all good. I learned a lesson. <laughs> I've also had people cry in front of me because they knew me well enough to know that what I said was from God and said out of his love for them. I've also been confronted by my family, friends, counselors, and my pastors. I'm not going to tell you it didn't sting because I always want to be right without anyone's help. But I processed their words with Jesus and it helped me to live more like Christ. People have helped me heal and live free. And I just want to insert something here that is not in my notes. I've been a Christian since 1978 and there are two major reasons people leave the church and leave God. And number two is sin. Number one is they're offended, they're bitter, and they're hurt. And it is so important. Please let me say this if I'm your older brother or I'm your younger brother today. You've got to learn. If there's one skill you have in life, you've got to learn to process pain with Jesus. You've got to. This is for your soul. This isn't just so our church numbers stay up. This isn't just so the church doesn't get in the news like, oh, the church is dying. Let me tell you, the church is not dying, especially not this one. Amen? But I do want to encourage you that if you can learn a skill, learn to process your pain with Jesus and learn to process your pain with people. Now, Marisol reminds me of a friend who faithfully loves. Even when someone seems to be unlovable. Have you ever said that about somebody? They are so unlovable. And yet, is anybody unlovable? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We need to look at people through that verse. Marisol also reminds me of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus said is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is always desiring to lead you into truth. The truth of God's word, the truth about spiritual things, the truth about decisions and relationships, we all have those, and the truth about you. The Holy Spirit comes to bring us into relationship with Jesus and all that Jesus has paid for us to have. Now the writer of Hebrews, I mentioned this verse earlier, says this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Now here's my fourth and final point. Sometimes we have to let go of old pain to embrace new joy. God will send people like Marisol into our lives to confront us with his love. And it's our choice to embrace it or reject it. 
Marisol also reminds me of Ruth because Ruth was not only a blessing as a friend and comfort to Naomi, she was also part of God's plans to bring Naomi into blessing that she never dreamed of happening in her life. Now, I don't want to give away what exactly happens in the movie, but God uses Marisol to bring redemption and joy into Otto's life. So yes, the movie has a pretty good ending. I will end by asking this of you today. Are you ready to be led by the Holy Spirit into the good things God has for you? Is your heart open to all that Jesus wants you to have? Now, maybe you've experienced so much pain that you don't know how to move on. Will you give Jesus a chance to heal you? Will you give him a chance to lift your head, to see the possibilities that can only be found in a relationship with him? Today could be the day you truly let go and let God. Now, life has bitter moments, but bitterness does not need to become our identity. Will you let go of the bitterness today? Will you let go of the disappointments? Will you stop hanging on to self-condemnation and embrace the fact that you are a new creation in Christ? The old is gone and the new has come. Now, some of you in this room have experienced great healing. I've heard some of your testimonies. And because you've experienced such freedom and grace, you have something so wonderful, Sharon, to give away. You could be the Ruth someone needs. Maybe you're the Marisol next door. You are the healing hands of Jesus reaching into someone's life. God wants to use men and women to extend his love to a broken and hurting world, but it all starts with, yes, Lord. Yes to being healed. And yes to God healing through your words, through your time, through your touch, and your prayers. I know there's a lot of believers in this room. Maybe you're all believers. I don't, I'm not looking and I can barely see you with the lights in my eyes anyways. God sees you. I know there's a lot of believers in this room and maybe you come to church on Sunday because you enjoy it. And there's a part of you, it's like, you know, I'm doing good. I come to church. I, I'm even on the serve team. I'm even serving here. But maybe deep in your heart, there's some old pain there's some old stuff that you just never dealt with. And maybe you haven't known how to deal with it. Today's your day. Today's your day. We're not in a hurry. Now, we really value the patio up front. Maybe you know that about this house. We value that time. But that time is not just meant to be a party. It's also a time where you can talk to somebody and say, I need prayer. Or, I need Jesus. But I'm going to give you a moment right now. I want to start with the Christians in the room because maybe you're not sure what you believe. And that's okay, I'm glad you're here. And nobody's going to pressure you to believe anything. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment, but I'm going to speak to the people who are believers. You know, we can learn to limp through life. 
with like an old injury, you know, something you've always had. But that's not God's, that's not God's best for you to just learn to deal with an old limp and you just, you know, he wants you to be healed. Because if you look at the healing ministry of Jesus, he never walked up to anybody with an ailment, a disease or an injury and went, you know, you are doing so awesome. You just keep going. No, scripture says Jesus healed all who came to him. And you know, Jesus, there's a, there's a, a command in the Old Testament that Jesus echoes. And he says, love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength. So some of us know how to love God with our strength. Well, I volunteer at the church. When they need uh, something painted, I paint. Um, you know, if they need something lifted, I lift it. If they need the doors open, if they need the baptismal tank lifted, oh, I'll do that. We give him our strength. But what about our heart? Sometimes trusting God, it shouldn't be hard, right? It shouldn't be. But sometimes we've been wounded and life has been disappointing. And we have to say, God, I trust you with my past. Trust you with my present because I don't want to miss the good things you have for me. So can we just take a moment right now? You know who you are. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I don't know where you're at, but the Holy Spirit is in the seats right now. He's in the rows and he wants to bring the healing ministry of Jesus to you right now. I give you permission to cry. I've been crying the whole sermon. I just want to get this to you. I want you to be free. And more than that, God wants you to be free. So can we just pray this prayer? Maybe this is just the beginning of your journey of healing, but here we go. Heavenly Father, you know what I've been through. You know the loss that I've had. You know the disappointments I've had. You know how I hurt. And you know how I struggle to trust you. But today is a new day. And I am opening my heart to you. And I'm allowing you to come in. I'm going to share a very quick story that's going to minister to you. There's a friend of mine who was a counseling pastor. And she once told me this story. She said, I was sitting in a church service and it was just a regular church service. And Jesus came to the door of my heart and said, what's behind that door in your heart? And, and she said, no, no, that door's closed. You don't need to go in there. And Jesus said, but I want to go in that, that room. I want to go in that room of your heart. And she said, no, no, it's, it's all good. Everything's good in there. And he said, please let me into that door in your heart, that room in your heart. And so reluctantly, she opened that door of her heart in this moment in a church service. And that was the room where she kept the memory of being abused as a child. And she allowed Jesus to heal that moment in her life. And she went on to help others get free. She became a counseling pastor. She got free in that moment. And I want to encourage you to invite Jesus into your heart and let him have that room where you've stored that memory, that pain, that disappointment. Now, there's some of you in this room that maybe you've never actually given a full commitment to make Jesus the Lord of your life. 
and the Savior of your life. And I want to give you an opportunity right now. So if you want Jesus in your heart, I'm going to get everybody to repeat this prayer with me so you don't feel uncomfortable or singled out. But if you're in this room and you said, man, I want this Jesus. I want to, I want to be on that journey with Jesus. Well, here's the moment for you. This is a moment for you, okay? Here we go. Let's pray this together. Dear God, I know I need you in my life. I know I'm unworthy of you. I know the things I've done. And I know you know the things I've done. So there's nothing hidden in this moment. Today, on August 6th, 2023, I open my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I ask you to come in and cleanse me of all my sin and make me right with God. I put my trust in you alone to be my Savior. And I give my life to you and make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Matt is going to come up and he's going to give you a next step. And we're going to be doing another worship song to give you a chance to respond. Okay. Can we give it up for James? What a powerful, powerful message. It's heavy. It's heavy in here. I just want you to know if you prayed that prayer for the first time or if you're coming back to him it's a it's a huge moment it's a life-changing moment God is for you he's not against you and yes you were never designed to do it alone we want to be a part of your family none of us are perfect seeking Jesus and we're all forgiven and we're all loved and we're all here to support to build up and encourage one another in Christ if that was you just all eyes are on me anyway just give me a thumbs up that was you like thank you thank you I mentioned that uh, we came back from Legacy. It's so cool to see so many young adults like being transformed, but you could you could feel the weight, you could see the struggle, the things that they're facing and what they're going through. Most importantly, you could see hope. You could see uh, joy in the midst of even times of suffering. It's a word, suffering, that we don't really fully understand. And we don't really relate it to passion, but, but if we study the word passion, the first time it was ever used in the Greek was passio, and it was used to describe 
Christ suffering on the cross for you and me. That's the first time. Do you know that they ever used the word passion? So passionate is, is willing to suffer for someone or something so much that you're willing to go through it. I get it, it's tough to go through things. But the Lord has equipped us. He has shown us what to do. He speaks to us through his word. When, we're at Le- when I was at Legacy and I was just pouring my heart out like, like James was, and sometimes you're wondering like, man, like, Lord, I really hope this is hitting somebody and reaching them. I hope your word is changing them and transforming them. And I mentioned we opened it up for, for baptism and we had all these young people come forward and then the next day I found out they wanted me to do it again, do baptism again. I'm like, okay, I don't know if there's anyone left, but we were outside and I was sharing this with the leadership this morning. And it was a beautiful sight. The sun was out and the baptism tank was there and they had the towels and they had the shirts and they had all the stuff. And uh, I asked Ethan, actually, like, would, would you come up and just play acoustic guitar for me? I'm just going to share my heart. And I shared the meaning of baptism. I'm going to do the same thing right here with you guys. And I told them, I said, look, This is something the Lord told us to do as being followers of Christ, as discipleship, fully devoted, all-in followers of Christ. That the word baptism means to be fully immersed, all-in. In Romans it says that when we go in the water, that we are buried with Christ. It represents that when he went to the grave for all that sin, all the pain, all the suffering, he took it to the grave and, and it says that when we come up out of the water, that we are resurrected with Christ. I said, if that's you and you want to be baptized, just come forward. We don't want to get in the way of you stepping into your journey with Jesus. And we stood back and Ethan played and we even were singing a song, but nobody was coming forward. Okay. That was still a beautiful moment. But in that moment, I heard the Lord, Lord say to him, tell him it's okay. Tell him that maybe, maybe they were baptized into religion and not relationship. And it's okay to be baptized again. Just like it's okay to rededicate your life to the Lord again, it's okay to step in and step forward. So I did that. And out of the crowd, this pregnant woman came forward and she got baptized. And an East Indian man came forward and he shared his testimony about the religion that he was raised in and how his family lived in fear because his parents became Christians. And his mom privately, secretively baptized him. And he was baptized in fear. And the Lord told him to go forward now. That you don't have anything to fear anymore. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to hide it. And he came forward and he got baptized. And Lord, help me get through this next part. Pastor Rudy and Pastor Steph were there with their kids, Phoenix and Emery. And, and uh, someone volunteered to take care of their kids. And, watched them during the service and this young girl couldn't have been more than 14 years old 
she came. And she says, I've been baptized before. But I literally was baptized because I was terrified. A pastor told me that if I wasn't baptized, I was going to hell. She lived the rest of her teenage life in fear of feeling like every time she sinned or she messed up that she was going to go to hell. But then she received the message of grace and forgiveness. And she said, when I said that, she says, I'm ready to be baptized in relationship, not in religion. But how many of you know sometimes you're this close stepping forward and stepping in but fear still tries to get in the way but then God comes along through somebody, anybody and he reveals himself to you and it could be just reaching out your hand it could be just telling you that God loves you but then it could be walking alongside you well, there happened to be one of the guest speakers was a professional football player played in the CFL and NFL. And he saw this little girl. And when he saw that girl, he saw his daughter. He didn't know everything that was going on. He just saw a girl crying on the sidelines. And he said, did you want to go forward to be baptized? And she said, yeah. And she started to share the story. She said, I'll go with you. And he walked up with her, and because of that, I'll walk with you. I'll walk beside you. I just won't, I won't walk with you when the times are just good. I'll walk with you when the times aren't. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. So if that's you and you want to be baptized in this moment, just come forward. I'm going to ask some strong men that are willing to use their strength. <laughs> to lift the lid because we fill this baptism tank out of faith and out of obedience and as we sing this next song I'd love to walk with you through the water most importantly Jesus would too I'll be right down there God loves you thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry if you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.